Hi, Broadway fans. Oh, what a night. Oh, what a day. We're about to discuss Jersey Boys. Don't go away. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Broadway Breakdown. Hello, everybody. Excuse us for a little dance break, but we had to. I think you cannot listen to any music from the show and not have a little dance break. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, thank you for joining us today. My name is Brianna Phipps. I'll be the host. And you find me, bphipps14, on Instagram and Twitter. Jackie, fortunately, is not here this week, but I have two lovely, lovely co-hosts with me. Lovely. Thank you. Um, guys, I'm Jeff Graham. Bree, thank you so much for having me on today. I love this show, love the music, and I uh, can't wait to talk about it. So, yeah. And where can they find you, sir? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Lorraine Love, uh, but I'm Mark J. Freeman. Did I forget or to introduce myself? I think I forgot to say my Twitter. In case you guys are wondering, you can find me at <laughs> Jeffrey C. Graham on Twitter. One word. Well, thank you guys so, so much for joining me today for this musical. I love this musical. Um, I saw it back when I was, like, I think just, like, 18, maybe, oh, when wow. I first was going on tour, and I didn't know what to expect from it, and I just fell in love. Well, how long ago did you see it? So I saw it early, too. I saw it in 2005, um, but I've seen it again since then, and actually, I used to work as a cruise ship vocalist. I don't know if you knew that. Ah. And I played Bob Gotti on like a tribute show. So. Gotcha. You would definitely yeah. be a Bob Gotti. Yeah, yes. he's the tall one. Yeah, <laughs> ten or two. Yeah. Um, I, well, I saw. I think I saw it in two thousand. I was trying to figure this out. I think it was two thousand nine because I took my husband for his birthday to Vegas. Oh, you're in the Vegas. And I show. surprised him and took him to Vegas. But I have to say. <laughs> We thought it was at 8 o'clock, and it started at 7.30, so we missed the first half hour of it. Oh, no. So that was disappointing. But I loved, like, I walked out of it just like... You missed the montage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, this show, like we said, is just so much fun. Uh, I think, let's just dive right into it. So I want to talk about just kind of how they brought this show about, because this show is actually their real story. Right. And I put, like, quotes around real because it's not... From one perspective, everyone else, you know, everyone tells their story, they get their own perspective. Um, but doing a musical based on a true story is a whole nother game. Right. Because when you see musicals, like even like stuff like Hamilton, which is based on true story, but we're not knowing those people. It's been years and years and years. Right. And you're kind of having to fill in gaps or make stuff up or mm -hmm. whatever you do. But now when you have something where three of the four members are still alive, mm -hmm. family members are still alive, like it wasn't that long ago in history. Like yeah. I feel like that's a lot of pressure. Definitely. And especially when it's a group that's so iconic. Right. Um, like not only is it pressure because they're alive, but like so many people cherish and love the group. And there's some like salacious details in this oh, musical yeah. that we're going to get into. And like. Yeah, I mean, the show handles it so well, but it was... There's a lot of risks in a project like this, I think. I said I was talking to my roommate today about it, about coming here. He heard me playing the music. He's like, is that Jersey Boys? Um, and I said, I, what I liked was that I, I kind of compared it to Mamma Mia in that Mamma Mia tried to create a story based on these songs, whereas Jersey Boys is their story 
and it just happens that these songs really fit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like the the best way to tell the story is to sing these songs that these guys wrote and sang. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it just it takes it to a whole other level. Well, there was like talks that it was originally going to be like a Mamma Mia type uh, show where it was just going to be their songs and they're making up a show. And then um, Marshall Brickman, who was one of the writers, said no, I think we need to just actually tell the story. Yeah. I think we need to do it like a documentary style. Yeah. I love it too and I don't actually love Mamma Mia. Some people do. I don't. I don't, I don't know how either. you guys feel I, about I, it. I, I, I've said I'm, I probably should say because I'm like not a fan. I have a love-hate relationship with I Mama love Mia. ABBA. I don't yeah. love Mamma Mia. And I, Mamma Mia was one of the first jukebox musicals. Yeah. And so I'm sure that was the reason it was such a hit. was because it was fun. It's yeah. fun to it's hear songs fun, you know. Yeah. But like, I don't think it works as well as Jersey mm-hmm. Boys. Like, and I think what you're saying is so true that like the intersection of narrative and music is so beautiful on this show. Mm-hmm. And to me, it doesn't really work in Mamma Mia. No, so. not And this show, we, we scale yeah. over years of their lives. Like, we're seeing their music progress as their lives progress. Right. right. And so we see the differences in, like, style of their music going. Mm-hmm. Like, I grew up with all of this music because my dad always had this very thing, like, this is my car, this is my house, we listen to what I want to listen to. Right. Yeah. So he listened to the oldie station, and I would listen, I'd hear these songs, and I never realized that, like, you know, the same people that wrote Sherry were also the same people that did... Um, Sure. You're just too good to be true. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. There's such different songs. Yeah. It's so different. Yeah. I, it's, it's com- it is completely my childhood. Like, revisited. <laughs> like, that's all, like, my parents, that's all this, that kind of music is all I grew up listening to. So, that's like to the, sit in that audience and watch that was just, like, That's the fun memory. part of the show for me. It's, like, you get to see them, yeah. like, go on this journey of, like, really fun like crazy drunk high years and mm-hmm. then going into dark depressing moments like you get both of it yeah right? um, which some shows you know like they like to focus on just the lighter or just the dark yeah yeah. and this we get both um, so this musical was brought about because Bob Guardia wanted to make a musical um, but he actually took himself off him and Frankie Valli and uh, and Tony uh, they were like no we need to step back we're not going to be part of this creative process <laughs> because they were too objective uh, right they did have final say, however, of just Frankie Valli, I think, about Guardio, if the musical, like, they didn't like it, they were going to be like, yeah. they could veto it. Okay. Which is also like, oh, we're going to create this whole thing and then show it to these people, and maybe they're going to hate it. Um, but, like, what do you guys think about that? Of Like, be, this is your story, but you're going to let somebody else tell it, and you're not going to really put yourself... I mean, I think it's smart that they had mm-hmm. the final say. <laughs> I think it's, it was also smart of them to remove themselves, though. I yeah. think if you're going to give someone the opportunity to tell your story, it's just let the experts do it. Because, yeah. like, the thing is, even though it is autobiograph, even though it is biographical, um, it still is a story. It's still fictionalized. Mm-hmm. And when you're telling someone's story, you have to do it in a way that's theatrical and, like, you know, like, there's an arc to the narrative, and I think you've got to let people who have an expert background in theater storytelling take the reins, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine, like, what you mentioned, <laughs> they had final veto power. I'm sure so much money went to the development of this show. Can you imagine if they saw it and they're like, no, we don't like it. I know, I know. <laughs> it's a good thing they well, did. Well, it was, it was funny, because they met with all of them. They wanted to get all their stories, and, like, it says, like, each story was different. Mm-hmm. Frankie Valley told mm. it happened this way. Different and then uh, Guardio said it happened this way. And then Tommy was like, no, 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 those guys are liars. Let me tell you how it really <laughs> happened. Which is why they started the show off saying, you know, you ask four different guys, you get four different versions. Yeah. And you know what's so funny is I, because I was, I guess it's been a while for all of us since we've seen it. I was like, I just need, I'm trying to, I need to find somewhere where I can find the story. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I just to kind of remind myself of what actually happened. And I actually found, I, this kind of blew my mind. And this is on, what is this on? Uh, Broadway World. Uh, a, I, I guess it's like a message board. And somebody says, can somebody post a, a plot summary of Jersey Boys? And if you could include the music, I'd love it. This guy, I think it's a guy. Um, oh, no, maybe woman. No, woman, Lizzie Curry, literally wrote out, look, this whole thing. Wow put the intermission, put in all the song. Like it was like, and she, and at the end she says, and just so you know, that was from memory. Like oh, she wow. did it. Like she must know the show that well. that well. So if you need a little breakdown of it, <laughs> it's on the Broadway world website. Uh, and I'm sure Mark can rooms. post it in our comments. Yeah, I can totally for do you that. Guys yeah, yeah, yeah. It. it was just, it was just nice. Cause I had forgotten that they each came out and narrated part of the story. Mm-hmm. Which I think on, was a really, show. really smart way to yeah, do it. Yeah, I really like that a lot. And if I remember right, their stories also each correspond with the season. Like, it's yeah. like, I felt so dumb. The first time I saw the show, <laughs> the, the first time I saw the show, I didn't really put together that, like, there were four seasons because the group is called the Four Seasons. <laughs> like, I didn't actually, I just thought it was a storytelling device, um, which it also is. I just, but that's part of it. Like, you, exactly. there's stuff like that that mm-hmm. isn't going to, like, it just kind of, it's a cool thing when you find it out, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily something that you're like super forced in your face, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's a very deep show. And like, I I think the show could have been bad. Like, it could have been a really surface level, poppy exploration of a band. And instead, it's this really kind of beautiful, deep exploration of a group. I think if the members had had too much say, that might have been what would have happened. Definitely agree. Yeah. I just posted the link in the chat room for the people that are watching okay, live. Thank you. Oops. Any web address? Oh, oh, by the way, guys, Mark sense. is uh, in our chat room. <laughs> you yeah, can just yeah, get that. yeah, yeah. So if you want to talk and let us know anything. Uh, it's not letting me. Oh, it's not? Oh, we're not Because connected. it's a link. You oh, because it's... Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, why. because we're live. Well, I'll do it afterwards. He'll do it yeah, afterwards. Put it in the comments. But yeah, you can still talk to him through the comments right now. Um, <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Tay Diggs is now following me on Twitter. Amazing. I don't know how that just happened. <laughs> maybe Magic and Broadway. <laughs> maybe he's tuned in. I know, maybe. Hi, Tay, if you're watching. Um, so this story, like we said, it's not a happy story. Yeah. It's very, very much a story of like rags to riches, back to rags. Mm-hmm. And it's a story of that due to choices that the band made uh, because their lives were not portrayed, like what we what they were portrayed as in that time period was not what their lives were. Yeah. And they very smartly were able to hide their lives. The press wasn't really that focused on them because we had the Beatles, we had mm-hmm. James Joplin. You had all these other bands that were coming out that were huge so they while they were very well known like they weren't as big as that so they were able to kind of hide it which they had this very clean cut image and if people found out whoa they were in prison they were money laundering Mm -hmm. like all this stuff was happening I don't know if they would have had the career they had so it's very lucky for them it's funny because I think our grandparents a lot of times will be like oh we hate rap all those guys are gangsters Mm. and hustlers and I'm like it's the same Same. yeah I'm like but you love the four seasons you just didn't didn't know and Frank Sinatra yeah exactly these guys forever a lot of pop celebrities have been gangsters and hustlers just a different kind of gangsters just a different kind yeah more more Sopranos and less The Wire (laughs) there was another thing too on that that they I was reading too about how they um, lied about their ages too because they said that they were concerned that if they knew how old they were, that the younger Frankie uh, was the only actual, the younger one. Well, he was. I think he that said he was twenty eight, but they lied and said he was twenty five. But then when he got arrested, they had to 
and the, his real age came out that and they had to like go oh yeah we were kind of fudging that but wow. well they yeah, said that a, a lot of their well. story a lot of these prisons like all this prison stuff and all this like behind the scenes things didn't come out and people didn't know about it until this musical came mm-hmm. out so i wonder like how like people that grew up with them that maybe never knew this yeah. like saw the musical and were like what yeah yeah i'll have to ask my mom <laughs> <laughs> the thing is i don't think she's seen the show yet though yeah oh she needs to yeah the thing is the show is so good that i feel like even if you were to be spoiled by the the kind of dirty details the show is good enough to i feel like every like if you didn't include that stuff the show wouldn't be as great as you it wouldn't is, have so. the heart you wouldn't have the heart yeah, yeah agree like we'd just be like oh look at this band of people from New Jersey that mm-hmm. were poor and then became <laughs> rich and famous and singers and yeah. it was happy everything exactly. was happy right and you'd be like life's not like that yeah, <laughs> exactly um, I mean and they went through a lot of stuff like you know there was divorce cheating scandals like mm-hmm. they were on the road mm-hmm. I mean this is like I mean it's still relevant today because that's is still how people are I mean being on the road nowadays like yeah you can fly places it's not having to travel by car mm-hmm. and be away from your families maybe as long but it's still pretty tough like this is a very lo- tough lifestyle and this show I think showed that in a very real way mm-hmm. yeah it's uh yeah I like the show because it feels like a fusion of so many different genres like it kind of feels like have you guys seen Almost Famous before the mm-hmm. movie? So it kind yeah. of feels like the road element has it has that and the fun, mm-hmm. but then like it also kind of does feel like the Sopranos. Like these yeah. guys are like down and dirty New uh, New Jersey gangsters. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it picked and choose, but then it has the fun like upbeat Broadway feel. Like it, yeah. it really did a good job of picking the best components and tones of different like amazing successful projects and blending it into one. Because mm-hmm. yeah. we, we have things like Fallen Angel, which is about his daughter dying. Mm-hmm. But then we have Oh, What a Night, which is about him losing his virginity. Yeah. So yeah. you have like all these elements that are like told in the way that they were supposed to be originally told. But maybe, maybe it's like so stupid because when I listened to Oh, What a Night growing up, like I had no idea. I and then I watched the show and I was like, how did I not, not realize that this was about yeah. that? Yeah, it's a dirty song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It ended much too soon. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the best line for me. It ended much too soon. Much uh, yeah. too soon. Yeah. Um, First time, man. So the show was brought about like because of all these factors, and they wanted to tell their story, and obviously we only have three of the four. So we're missing a little bit of the fourth. You know, We don't have his actual perspective, and that is um, McMassey. He unfortunately had passed away. So we only got... I wonder if the show would be different if he was still alive if, uh-huh. it, if his input would have made it any different I don't know what do you guys think do you... hmm I mean I guess they could get away with a little bit more of his part of the story <laughs> yeah because they did make his part a little smaller than the other. I'm trying to remember isn't the joke in the show he's like I'm the one that never like no one pays attention mm-hmm. to like, yeah there's something interesting about the fact that like Maybe that comedy actually would be lost. Like, mm-hmm. maybe his voice not being accessible because of his passing away is what kind of inspired the idea that he's like the forgettable. So, like, despite, I mean, it, although it's sad, the comic relief of Nick kind of being the, like, the non present voice in the show, maybe that is because of that. Yeah. I yeah. That could be. Yeah. I just wonder. I wonder what his story would have been. Like, I'm so intrigued. Because mm-hmm. they did a lot of research. I mean, even um, down to the mob boss. Uh, I wrote his name down. Uh, uh, Angelo. Gip DiCarlo. Yep. Yeah. He, they went to his family members so they could make sure they portrayed him right. Mm. And wow. stuff Like, they did a lot of research. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they also went to Nick Massey's family members. and Right. And stuff. I just want to know what his actual yeah. thoughts and story would be on this. Yeah. We'll never know. Never we'll know. never know. 
Um, so let's talk about the music because the music is the core part of this entire show. So good, so good. And like Listen we said, like, all the way here, it's <laughs> everyone. Like I don't think there's an, a single person alive that won't recognize at least one of their songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They're so prevalent and reused in popular culture. I mean, like, we 10 Things I Hate About You, come on. Yeah. That was my barometer for the song before I saw the show. Like, that was my exposure. I feel like people in our generation, that's what we know. Right. Yeah. Just, like, the other stuff's like, oh, yeah, it was something on the radio that my dad played. And then... Yeah, that's me. Oh, that's the 10 Things I Hate About You song. <laughs> that's Heath Ledger running through yeah, the Yeah, I have no idea what that means. Uh, so <laughs> you, gotta go, you gotta go watch it, Mark. Watch Who is Styles? Heath you. Ledger? I mean, I know the show, but I or the movie, but I don't. Oh, it's so good. Well, <laughs> but I will just anyway. for you guys, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> and then I'll do the popcorn talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this song, uh, this musical had no original songs written for it, right? Like you know, usually when you have a musical, even when you, I guess that's more movie than Broadway, though. I guess, but like they always kind of try to put one original song in there. Mm-hmm. And this one, they just used popular songs from that time period or songs that they themselves had written, right? Mm-hmm. Mostly songs. The band actually sang, right. yeah. which is cool. Right. Even like the montage in the beginning when they're the backup vocalists, like they were actually the backup vocalists for mm-hmm. those songs. So Short good. Shorts is the only song that wasn't them singing. I guess, yeah. yeah. But Bob, did Bob Gaudio write he wrote it? The song, yeah, 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 that's what it is. Yeah, I was going to say that. I guess, um, yeah. I was just going to say, and the music works so well. Like, I feel like in most cases like this, we kind of talked about it at the beginning, but like nothing really feels forced to me. Mm-mm. And I feel like it, whenever the circumstances are set up this way, it can happen, but mm. the music works so well beyond just being good. Yeah. Well, and I think I think a lot of that too is, you know, you. I'm I'm guessing I don't write songs, <laughs> but I'm guessing that you're writing about things that you've experienced. Yeah, it's true. And when you're telling the story, it's just so much easier to tie it into those songs about those people because they're the ones that wrote the songs, you know? Right. And they, like, they kind of, because they do it a lot where they, like, kind of will slip into another song. Mm-hmm. Like, when they talk about the girls on the road and they were just singing, um, sh- maybe like, a Walk Like a Man, maybe, I think. Um, and then it's the girls' song. Mm-hmm. And they just, like, kind of, like, say their one little line and go, boop, right into the next song. But mm-hmm. it works. It, like, flows right. And it kind of needs to be that fast pace because we're spanning so much of their life. We're going from, what, the six... 50s, 60s to 80s? Yeah, I mean, if you count the last scene where they're getting inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. yeah. the 90s, really. So, yeah, um, yeah the, I'm glad you brought that up because it is a really slick, like, musical. Like, there's a lot of, like, like montages of songs or, like, they'll mm-hmm. fade in and out. And, yeah, the orchestration and instrumentation is so good because they're not, they didn't just sing the songs. They didn't just recreate the songs, but they contextualize them within the show and they never run too long, which is good, because pop music can be redundant. And in a musical, I think the job of Broadway songwriters is to write songs that push push the narrative forward. Mm-hmm. And they really did a good job of not extending the songs past like their shelf life, I feel like, during... Yeah, like you never got tired of a song. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. And it's like, even with songs like Sherry and stuff like that we know, it's like, I don't... I never got tired of it, even if they were playing it for longer than the other ones. Right. Like, they chose which songs to play longer and which songs to have a little bit shorter, and I think it was smart the way they did it. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, uh, my Boyfriend's Back is the song that the girls sing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, nice. See my little handy dandy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to a Broadway show. I know. We're going to sing, you guys. I'll let you guys do you that. You signed up for I'll it. let it sing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I'll put you through it. And, like... 
like I said, this show also, like, we've been talking about this whole time. It's just very nostalgic. Yeah, it gives yeah. you that sense of throwing you back into that time period, and mm-hmm. you kind of just feel like you're there, observing. Totally. And it's totally. so cool, because I didn't even grow up in that time. And still, I feel like I did when yeah. I watched the show. Mm-hmm. It, like, I, the best nostalgia is the kind that can be invoked in you, and you haven't even been there. You yeah. know, that's the sign of an effective... Or, or you want to... You wish you would have been yes, there. Absolutely. You know, and experienced it all. They made it, like, relatable in a way that anyone can relate yes. whether or not you were alive and understand what was going on during that time period mm-hmm. and part of that for me is just Joe Pesci oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like oh it's the guy from Home Alone uh-huh. oh yeah I love it they did they did and even the first song to use the rap song they open with Sesuari La to open up with a more modern yeah. version of their songs yeah. they yeah. tried to grab everyone I actually personally I, it's the only thing in the show I didn't love that choice is opening that way but that's just me but then it's like I did I understand like that because it's like weird because you're like sitting waiting for Jersey Boys and then you get not them at first like mm-hmm. just their song but in a very different way in a different language but then I like that he turns to like that's Se our song la. Se soiree la yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly like so I liked I liked even bringing them like they're sitting in the future watching their stuff and then coming like from the past and yeah. they're talking to us about it I didn't right. see that oh yeah <laughs> so. You shut up late. You're not allowed to talk about the first half hour. Do you, you want to know? Mark, we live four hours from Vegas. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> what, the, what happens, for those who are listening. But I mean, I read it on here. Oh, you read so it So I did. I was going to yeah, say, if our listeners forget as well. But. Yeah, go ahead. No, tell them. I was just going to say, um, for those who don't remember, the we don't see any of the Jersey Boys at the beginning of the show. We actually see a bunch of like hip-hop dancers and gotcha. like French pop stars singing Oh, What a Night, like a remix so version. Of, exactly. In French, <laughs> and the idea. I've, who walks out that's first? Then that's our song. Uh, it's Tommy DeVito. Tommy. So Tommy the, yeah. walks out. He's like, "That's our song." This is why la, and um, it's, it just shows how universal the group is. How yeah. universal, you know, what they're still so relevant today. And then, like, so. he, it's like him taking us from the present into the past, past. Mm-hmm. Got it. which was really it was I think that's why it works so well it's like we weren't just shoved into the past I think that that's why they did that they wanted to be like okay this is where we're at right now but mm-hmm. let me tell, tell you, you how it started here. Yeah. let me tell you how we got to this and then point. it goes to kind it's, of present it's very yeah. film noir-esque yeah. yeah which is totally we, appropriate yeah I was just gonna say the exact same thing yep Yeah. so we do have a thing on this show where we do our diva song it's oh, our song okay. that we love to sing from this show oh. over everything else um, and that we just rock out to in the car, in the shower, wherever you are. Uh, so I'll give you guys a second. I'll say mine first. Okay. I'm going to look through. Do you need this song? I actually you think know I already know one? Okay, because they're all in here. Mine is definitely a What a Night. Okay. Yeah. I just sing that one over and over again. It's just so catchy and stuck in my head all the time. Oh, What a Night's a great song. I feel like it's aged very well. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Sherry, they're classics, but they do kind sound kind of dated. Yeah. But I feel like a What a Night could be sang by, like, a like a Justin Timberlake today, and it mm. would sound like a pop song from today. Oh, this is tough, Brie. Um, <laughs> I love... Okay, so, like, Sunday Kind of Love, I really like. Actually, though, my favorite song is Cry For Me, the Bob Gaudio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a fun... I think it's my favorite in the show. I mean, or all it's my the favorite songs in the show are just like so amazing and <laughs> catchy. Um, yeah, but I also love "Too Good to Be True" or "Can't Take My Eyes Off You." Like, no. there's just so many. How about you? How about you, Mark? Can't take my eyes off you. Can't take my eyes off you. Yeah. Probably hands down. Also, I forgot to mention, guys, we have Alexis in the booth back again with us. Hey, Alexis. Hi, Alexis. Hey, everybody. What's your <clears throat> diva song? Oh man, I was like, I was, I was waiting to like get an idea from you guys, and I was like, <laughs> nope. I was just listening to how <clears throat> amazing he is. I like "Big Girls Don't Cry" just because. Yeah. Um, my grandpa sings that, so anytime like the song comes up from the actual uh, 
musical or the original song, he mm-hmm. can harmonize with all of them. Yeah. So that just has a special place in my heart. I remember my dad playing Walk Like a Man. Yeah. I, I also like their music personally as a woman because they sing higher so I can sing along. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the only part I can't like do is when they're like quartets, man. like uh, like yeah. the Sherry like why don't you <laughs> yeah. yeah at that, at that I need a guy to jump party. <laughs> I think I tried to do it once and it hurt my throat a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I probably could have hit those when I was in high school. Not so much anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean and that's kind of what made their group stand out and be a little mm-hmm. different at that time period. Yeah. Um, it's funny because like my boyfriend, he was saying like how he personally doesn't really like that sound of mm-hmm. that falsetto. Mm-hmm. He's like, it sounds like a little cartoonish. Yeah. But like, it's a different time. It's a different period. Mm-hmm. And also, that's a thing a lot of guys can't do. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It was what made their group special. Like, yeah. uh-huh. And what I like about the show is that it, it doesn't acknowledge Frankie Valli's voice as a gimmick. Like, I feel like the way the band was presented in the 60s to the masses, he was kind of like the guy that could sing high. Mm-hmm. But the show accurately presents him as just an amazing vocalist. Just right. as like someone, he sings... Um, my mother's eyes, which mm-hmm. is such a beautiful song, and that's an that's an expression of how just good of a singer he is, mm-hmm. you know, more than just a high note gimmick. Another thing this show does really well is it shows us how long it took that even though they were popular, how long it took to be recognized. And you guys both being from Ohio, ironically, we right. um, where we there that's how we end the show is them being inducted finally, but taking that long mm-hmm. to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you, are you from Cleveland? Uh, Lorraine. Lor- that's right. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, there's so many reasons I love this show, but mm. that's one of them. It's like Cleveland shows up, and Cleveland doesn't get a lot of love. <laughs> no, it does not. Um, and so it's cool. It's, it's just fun. Every time I see this show, and I'm like, and it gets Cleveland a shout out. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, the, the show is such a roller coaster. We have mm. our ups and our downs, and I like that we end on an up. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a good very, choice. They, they end it in a way that just makes you feel very, um, like you get all the all the feels, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Because you, you, you're like, ho- like so happy for them, and then the way they do it with just bringing them out one at a time, it's just like, oh my god, oh my, I know. Like you just like, it's, I don't, I don't even know how to explain. It. It's just a feeling, kind of cathartic, yeah, something kind of beautiful, and like, in something, yeah, emotional, and but also like kind of puts you at peace after the. It's like this is you know we're here together now, and it's it includes the audience. Yeah, it's just so... it almost makes you feel how excited like you are to see your favorite band. Mm. Yeah, and they finally come out on stage, and you're just like, oh my god, you're right. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, uh-huh. and it's just you know the speech he gives before it too, like it just guiding you into that. It's just like making you realize that this is how hard we worked. Like I just kept going and going like that bunny on TV. Oh my God. Mm. I'm getting chills thinking about it. It's so good. And we're actually going to play it during the, I'm going to play the Tony War video later. On, so we'll see it, but I'll probably cry. So I want to talk about the because actors though. Because, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, the actors though, cause they were so good in this roles. They worked so hard. Um, John Lloyd Young, who played Frankie Valley worked alongside Frankie Valley to get the voice down. Oh wow. Okay. Um, and I don't, they just, they brought this, sh- they like, this, this is show the original with, cast, the original right? cast, okay. this show, if it doesn't have the right cast, I think will fail. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have those right people. You have to have them working in the right way and the voices to pull mm-hmm. it off. Right. It's such a singer's show. And like, not only that, but it's also such an ensemble show. Mm-hmm. You've got to find four amazing individual vocalists mm-hmm. and a group that can blend because on the ship I was on, it was a quartet. I'm not okay. much of a solo vocalist unless I'm in an ensemble. Uh-huh. And that's the hardest part of ensemble singing is really honing your group sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, everything about this original cast, just, they just nailed it. And even like Frankie Valli, like when he sings, 
with the harmonies of the group, he brings his voice down. He doesn't stand out mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. He, like, and that's what they did really well. Is they were, and that's what John Lloyd Young was able to do very well. Is like stand out when he needed to stand out, be the diva when he needed to be the diva, diva, but also tone it back in and be a part of the group. Right. I mean, there's a reason that they were the Four Seasons and then Frankie Valli and then the Four Seasons. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, right. absolutely. It's a good point. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so we also have Christian Hoff who played Tommy DeVito, who mm-hmm. is my personal favorite talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said yeah. he had the best accent for me. Right, right. <laughs> um, we have Daniel Reichard play Bob Gardio. And then J. Robert Spencer played Nick Massey. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, other thing I was going to say, I don't know if this was something you were going to bring up later. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it in here. Um, but I just wanted to talk about, because this was the one thing in the whole show for me that just like sent chills down my spine, was the handshake. The whole thing about it, all this, everything that happened was because of uh-huh. a promise and a handshake. Wow. Like, and then I just thought, I just couldn't, I just, I kept thinking about it after the show, like how today it would just, that would never. Yeah, I mean, the reason. Be. You know what I mean? They that, were men of their word. Yeah, yeah I mean, the reason that that, that's why they went back to rags is because yeah. Frankie Valley wouldn't let Tommy off, like, just, he wouldn't just say, like, screw you. Mm hmm. He still helped him out no matter how terrible of what he did to the group. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, the show, it's just such a Jersey show. Yeah. Like, it's that kind of, like, we're brothers. It's like there's this family element. And, uh-huh. like, I feel like that's such a thing. Just, like, the Italian, like, like brotherhood. A handshake is all I need. It's all I, like, yeah. I, wish, I don't know. I just, I just, that's the one thing, like, sitting down to, like, start getting ready for this that I just kept popping in my head mm. was that moment when they talk about the handshake and yeah, yeah that's a great point that this is all this whole all everything you just watched is because of a handshake wow, and yeah. a promise you know I mean when you think about it in that way of like family and stuff like none of these guys would have been where they ended up mm-hmm. without the others exactly like if Bob Gardio hadn't come in they didn't have a good writer mm-hmm. if Frankie had not come in they didn't have that standout singer if they didn't have Tommy they didn't have the like guy who kind of brought the group together and you know and Nick was kind of the one that kept them sane grounded yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean that's the, the the show did such a good job of making these characters different because um, that's another thing is like the show could have been kind of boring if only Frankie were featured but right. we talked about it but like letting them all tell their story, story. yeah is just what makes the show so good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're four great meaty roles you know it's like it's not just the Frankie, Frankie show. Right, exactly. Yeah, which is great. Exactly. And um, also the thing that made the, the show so good was just the use of lighting. Mm. That was like what stood out to me the most when I first watched it. The, how they would use the stage and the lighting to make mm. us either look like we're backstage, oh, right. watching them oh, from yeah. backstage, or like um, my absolute favorite, favorite part is when they're on the What's It Called show. The Ed Sullivan show. The Ed Sullivan yeah. show. And they're facing sideways oh, yeah. to yes. the camera and they're playing the real... Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons on a projecting screen. So cool. And their movements match the projecting screen exactly. And it's like ridiculous. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So they were really smart because like you're an audience member when you're an audience member you're behind the scenes when you're behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Like you're in their home you're you're a bystander. Like it's they were smart in how they incorporated the stage. They had a very simple set but the way they incorporated the stage I think made it very you feel like you were in every part of their life, no matter what for it sure. was. Yeah, it's a very tangible production. You feel like they, for a, because the show's about entertainers, it's important to make the audience know when we're seeing just their story behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But like when 
when they're on stage, we want to feel like we're seeing them on stage. Right. And the show just nailed it. The production nailed it. Yeah. It was even like down to like this, the like little dinky dance moves that they, that they did back in those days, which no, to yeah. us nowadays, we're like, oh, why? that's all they do. But it's hard though. We had to do the walk like a man motion on the ship, and it was <laughs> it's to get the thing is the move isn't necessarily hard, but to get them aligned, right? Because it's I actually kept watching that on YouTube, and I was like, I wonder if I could do that. It took we <laughs> also, like had to stand in front of a man. Also, the same repetitiveness of it. Yeah, like yeah. it's one thing to do it for like. 20 seconds but to do it for like three minutes yeah oh for sure and yeah we just had to stand in front of a mirror and like really because you kind of your hands kind of go down but your body kind of goes up yeah um and yeah it took and then us you a gotta really... get up on your tippy toes and... yeah it took us a really long time awesome. um there's a couple people in here that samantha ramirez and brian mcgee samantha says her diva songs are who loves you and oh what a night mm-hmm. it's, it's a tie <laughs> who loves you sometimes great. there's a tie and Brian yeah. McGee says I uh, can't take my eyes off of you and who loves you are his person who loves you is a great one too yeah. it's a perfect ender for the show yeah um, so going into the Tony Awards now because I do want to talk about it before we run yes. out of time and I want to show the video um, so while she's keying up the video for us I'm going to just say what was nominated and what won yeah. so it was nominated for best book of a musical best performance by a leading actor in a musical for John Lloyd Young, uh, best performance by a featured actor in a musical by Christian Hoff, um, best direction of a musical, best orchestrations, best scene design of a musical, and best lighting. And it won best book, I believe, for not for Tony's, but for um, the Desk Awards. And then I think it just won three for the Tonys, but I could be wrong. Uh, that Tony, I, I think to. it said it I think won I forgot to write one. 2006 yeah. Best Musical Tony Okay, it did, it did win Best, best Musical. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure because I didn't write it down. Yeah. I think I'm, I was like thinking I just missed writing it down. <laughs> yeah. um, then it won for Best Leading Actor, Best Featured Actor, and Best Lighting, as we were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, I will say I did find this little fun fact that I thought was interesting. 33 of the songs in the musical, there were 33 songs in the musical, 11 were Billboard Top 10. Wow. Wow. I thought that was kind of cool. And when they audition, they're not allowed to sing. The guys aren't allowed to sing songs from the show. They can sing other Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons songs, but they're not allowed to sing the songs. A lot songs of times the for show. auditions, they don't want you to sing the songs from the show because yeah. they want to mold you into the show. They just want to see what you're singing style. Yeah. Singing yeah. style. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I can't talk like that. All right. So we're going to watch this video okay. from the Tonys. And this is oh. going to start with Just Too Good to Be True. And then it'll go into the montage. I won't sing it. Promise. I know. You can lip sync it. Yeah. You'd be like. This just kind of shows how much it showcases them. Yeah. That's why the set was bare bone, because it showcased them, not right. the set. But having the band in the set is mm-hmm. so cool. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's kind of rent a little bit. Yeah. Please let me know that it's real. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. Oh, this is so cool. Oh, I know that. Uh, I remember getting just chills yes. when they came out. Oh. So many times. And they turn. Yeah. He was just so good at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Now I wanted to keep the next parts in too because I wanted to have the monologue part and the uh, four. Oh, yeah, I wanted yeah. to showcase both. So this Let's one, just watch the whole thing. Yeah, Gosh. this is one that I wanted to just watch the whole oh, thing. Sometimes yeah, yeah. I cut it, but they asked you what was the hot point? The Hall of Fame selling all those records, pulling Sherry out of the hat. It was all great. But the first time the four of us made that sound, our sound, when everything dropped away and all there was was the music. That was the best. Why I'm still out there singing Like that bunny on TV with a battery I just keep going and going and going <laughs> Chasing the music Trying to get home Who loves you, Yes See them walking out so uh, uh, I, am, I am crying <laughs> Yeah. It's just like they broke up And this is them rejoining back yeah, together It's so good This is good for me because this guy at the end of King's Long Man, he was in Next to Normal, which is also oh, a show I love him right there. He's the dad in Next to Normal. Who loves you, pretty baby? Who's gonna love you, mama? This is like the most intense choreography they have. Yeah, yeah. I actually know it from the Jets. <laughs> Oh, ours is a little different. Every time I see this, I just like want to get out of my chair. I know, right? I know. I'm like antsy. No, when chair. I saw this, we were everyone in the audience was on their feet dancing. Oh yeah, yeah. everybody. We, I was up in the very top, and we were all dancing. Yeah, it's just really hard to sit still. Oh, totally. During these songs. Oh man, this is. I'm right with you, Jeff. I'm getting a little teary-eyed back here. Yeah. Oh wait, wait. Here's the hype. Oh. <laughs> my dad's always like, how? How did they get that? <laughs> <laughs> they have to like squeeze. This is a funny thing. Exactly. On the ship, we did that, that last chord. Wow. And we actually had to send our bass up on that high note, which is crazy. Our, our Frankie Valley couldn't hit that note. And weirdly, only our bass could. So we had to like revoice the that's, chord. That's different. Because sometimes <laughs> it's this weird thing. This is why I hate basses. Because they can sing all these low notes, but then like weirdly, sometimes they have an amazing upper register too. Because uh, so we had to send our bass up on that high note. Weird, weird fun fact. But um, there's uh, someone here in the chat room. Disney Magic ninety two says she was for. I'm, I don't know why I'm saying she. I don't know. I uh, was fortunate enough to see this a few months before the end of the Las Vegas run, and I was in tears yeah. at the at the can't take my eyes off you. I was emotionally overwhelmed in the best way. Oh, I didn't. I thought it was still in Vegas. I didn't realize. I didn't. I, I was just thinking that. I was like, because I, I think I'm supposed. Gone. To, we're oh. gonna try and go yeah. in January. I, can I was like, check, go see if yeah, 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 it is. See if it's running in January because I'm supposed to be going. Let's go. January. And I do know the show is ending. I think it's its 12 year run. I want to say on Broadway. Oh wow. This January. Um. So it might actually end up going on tour again. Sometimes when they end on Broadway, they do another tour. There is no performance dates right now. For Vegas. For Vegas. So yeah, I did it. I was at Paris, I do believe. Paris or the Venetian. I think I saw it at the Venetian. Yeah, I guess I was there two years ago and it was still there. So I just I didn't realize. Yeah, it looks like the last their final performance was on September eighteenth, twenty sixteen. Oh bummer! I know. So so that was not that long ago. There goes my idea for my January Vegas. Okay, okay. I was gonna do the same thing with my mom. I'll just take Jeff and you can Hell perform yeah. your... <laughs> no, 
I will do a one-man show performance. You will be sorely, you will be sorely disappointed. I promise you that much. Whenever I listen to the original cast recording, I'm like, oh man, we were bad. Like, <laughs> that's how for like. I mean, I guess we were professional, but like, that's a, how real professionals. Are. I have a question for you since you've actually performed the show. Yeah. What was your favorite? scene song. to perform or just scene in general like it doesn't even have to so be actually song. we were just a tribute we only did the songs, the songs. okay yeah. so what was your favorite song then who loves you because as a group um just those those chords are so tight mm-hmm. and getting to sing that last chord it, it, no one couldn't not even when we were a little out of tune which we were we were never out of tune we were always perfect no. <laughs> but like everyone would just stand up like the music is just such show-stopping music you yeah. know what i mean so i think who loves you is my favorite to sing it was that makes fun, sense. I mean, yeah. it's the only, I think it's the only one that actually kind of envelops every single person that's yeah. on that show is part of that performance. It's the most, like, groupy song to me in the show, so. Yeah. I uh, was the, when uh, I do the Days of Our Lives after show, and Deidre Hall's character's name is Marlena, and I kept thinking, when we interview her, that's the song we need to play at the top of the interview for a spotlight on here. And I completely, we did interview her, and I completely forgot. Oh, like, no. we should have played Marlena! <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so, I think that about wraps up our show. Do you guys yeah. have any, like, last thoughts you would want to talk about? Um, I was going to say that I actually saw Eric Bergen. I actually, my friend uh, produces a lot of live shows here in L.A., and they did a Broadway Under the Stars at the Ford Amphitheater, and Eric Bergen was in that show, and I got to meet him, and he was just phenomenal. Mm. And such a nice guy. He was very, very, very nice. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, it's just such a good show. From the movie. He's in the movie. Oh, gotcha. Um, I think as someone who has performed in a quartet, the show really nails the dynamics of like male singing and mm-hmm. just like I guess no pun intended um, <laughs> but like really just the brotherhood and camaraderie and the yeah. fights and like I get so emotional seeing the show because I am transported back to when I performed with four guys like I I can't watch the show and not get emotional at the end because yeah. you like it's the thing of like you fight and like you might have huge blowouts but like there's something so inherent you will never not be brothers yeah. because right. of what you've because you sang together like it's <laughs> that sounds like so cliche. Uh, Samantha says they are on tour right now. Oh, they are. Perfect. And Bree, props to you. Great show. Good job leading today. Yeah. Thank yeah, thank you for yeah. letting us come on. Thank you. Um, so make sure, guys, we're going to be talking the movie next week of Jersey Boys, uh, which was directed by Clint Eastwood, which also starred John Lloyd Young. Um, we're going to be giving our thoughts and opinions on that and how it relates with the play, um, what could have been different, what sh- they did well. So make sure you tune in next week for that. Uh, you can always find me at bfips 14 on Instagram and Twitter. And where can they find you guys again? Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, you can find me on Jeffrey C. Graham. Uh, Mark mentioned AfterBuzz, which is our sister network. If you're a TV fan, you can find reviews and after shows for all of pretty much everything on TV. So uh, go check that out as well. And I'm Mark J. Freeman. You can find me at Lorraine Love, L-O-R-A-Y-N-E-L-O-V-E. Now the Lorraine makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, bring it back. Um, and yes, I do AfterBuzz as well for Days of Our Lives. And we just wrap RuPaul's Drag Race. So yeah, they pretty much do every... Um, and make sure to follow us on our Twitter at Broadway Beatdown. We have a Facebook page as well, Broadway Breakdown. Uh, comment, subscribe on YouTube and on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud as well. Um, let us know what you think and what shows you want us to cover coming up in the next year because it's a whole brand new year. Can we say what shows we might be doing next year? We can, we can, can we give them a teaser? Sure. One or two. Sound of music. Nice. I can't wait. Which one's that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I want to do I want to just talk about the sound of music for the rest of my life. Um, Also, guys, I will be doing Crazy Ex-Girlfriend if you are a fan of that show. It is also a musical show. Later tonight at 8 p.m. post-standard time. So tune in for that. And we will see you all next week. Next week. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys.
Menounos, Kevin Undergaris, Phil Spita, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We'd like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 